Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. So if you make games, one of the most important things you can do to keep yourself inspired and full of creative ideas is to play other games, right? And so with that in mind, this one's a little bit different. We've gone ahead and we've created a list of five inspiring indie games that you need to check out. And I do feel like this part needs to be said. No one needs another top indie list about Hollow Knight or Celeste or Stardew Valley or Undertale. And if you haven't heard of those, then I have no idea how you even found this podcast, but those will not be included on our list because we want each and every one of you to find at least one new thing on this list. So let's start with number five. Ape Out is a super stylized smash em up game developed by three people in the Unity game engine. The graphics are definitely pretty unique, and in this case, it helps bring a lot of clarity to the game. This game is pure chaos. There are guards with all kinds of weapons and explosives around every corner, but the simplistic art style makes it super clear what's going on at all times. You don't have a health bar, but you get a pretty good idea of how much health you have left by how much blood is trailing behind you. Now, what I really like about this game is this kind of weird perspective top-down view that it has. You can't always see what's behind every single corner because the walls are in the way, so you need to act quickly when you see an enemy, and it makes everything just feel much more immersive and frantic. The gameplay is so simple, and yet it's completely addicting. You basically have two choices. You can crush the guards by pushing them off walls or throwing them off the roof of a building, or you can use them as a body shield, which gives you a sort of ranged attack option because the guards always shoot after you first grab them. And I initially thought that a jazz track was a little bit weird for such a, such a violent game, but it actually adds to the intensity because the music is completely dynamic, it reacts to your every move, and it gets fast and intense as the chaos builds up around you, and then it slows down as you've eliminated all of the threats. This is a game that you can pick up for five minutes and still have a good time, but it will keep you hooked for hours. And again, that was Ape Out. For number four, we're going with Environmental Station Alpha. And this game is a really fun retro-themed Metroidvania developed by a team of two using the Multimedia Fusion 2 engine. This game is a bit of a weird one for me because based on the name of the game, Environmental Station Alpha, and the graphics of the game, I literally never would have picked this gem up if it weren't for a recommendation from a YouTube video that I watched quite a while back. But this game is really solid. It's gonna give you a lot of Super Metroid vibes, except they fixed all of the annoying stuff from that game, like the gravity and the combat. The controls in this game are super tight and combat feels really fair. And I wasn't initially a fan of the pixel art graphics in this game. I actually fell in love with it within like two minutes of playing the game. Each area is really distinct and the game is shockingly atmospheric with a really nice ambient soundtrack to help get you immersed into the world. The game has a heavy emphasis on exploration and there are secrets all over the place. So for all of you Metroidvania lovers that like to explore every nook and cranny, this game is really perfect for you. And I will say 
This game is very, very difficult. Some of the boss fights, even early on, are pretty hard. But as I mentioned, the combat is extremely fair. So once you kind of get a rhythm for the fight, it does start to feel easier. And there are quite a few boss fights. And again, this was Environmental Station Alpha. And for number three on our list, we decided on Katana Zero. Katana Zero is a really flashy neo-noir action platformer made by just one person in the Game Maker Studio 2 engine. I don't even know where to start with this game. The combat is insane. I found myself dying on purpose in several spots just so that I could start over and replay certain sections of the level because they felt so good. And with that being said, the game does have instant death, so you'll generally have to try each level multiple times before you get it right, and when you do, it just feels so, so good. And I have a hard time thinking of another game that has such juicy 2D combat. I actually went through certain sections really slowly and watched them with a very critical eye just so that I could study it a little bit. You have a sword that can deflect bullets, you can pick up objects and throw them, you can dash, and you can slow down time. And with just these abilities, you're going to smash your way through dozens of enemies at lightning speed and feel really, really good about it when you complete the level successfully at the end of each section. The story is actually really, really rich and gets slowly unraveled one piece at a time as you progress throughout the game. I also found interacting with NPCs to be really interesting and kind of unique because you can take a really aggressive stance and be rude to people, which usually has consequences, but you'll get through the dialogue a lot faster, or you can slow down and then other dialogue options will open up that has fewer consequences. The pacing of the game is also perfect because the really, really fast gameplay is divided up with sections of story after each level, and the entire time I played, I was either hooked on the gameplay or hooked on the story. And again, this was Katana Zero. Coming in at number two, we went with Neversong. Neversong is a really atmospheric, story-rich, hack-and-slash platformer developed by one guy, Thomas Brush, in the Unity game engine. This game really plays similarly to a Zelda game. You'll uncover new gear and new songs in order to help you progress further in the game, and I really loved it. If there's one thing that Neversong brings to the table, it is atmosphere. This game is oozing with personality behind every corner, every line of dialogue, every cutscene, every enemy. They're all so unique. I felt like I was playing a game that was made by Tim Burton, if Tim Burton made games. This game is haunting, and I don't really know how else to better describe it. Most games don't make me feel much on an emotional level, but this game touched me. There's this dreary, somber, and almost sad undertone to the game's environment, yet it's combined with this strangely playful, childish, and dreamlike characters and other elements, and the two come together in this weird way that makes me feel like I'm playing a game straight from my childhood imagination. I've never played a game quite like it before. The game is juicy as hell, and I don't know what it is about the dialogue in this game, but I read and reread lines just because there was something about the sound effects and the pop of the buttons coming on the screen that was just super satisfying. There's voice acting for every character, for every line of dialogue, and it's all really well done. And though I found the combat to be just a little bit too easy for my personal taste, I will be picking up this game again very soon because games like this don't come around very often. And again, this was Never Song. And for number one, we chose Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb is a really, really rare specimen of a game, okay? And while I'm sure 
that most of you have probably heard of this title, it's too good to not be at the top of this list. I couldn't pick anything else. This base building hack and slash roguelike combo was made by a team of five using the Unity game engine. And this game has the trifecta of good game design. It has visual hooks, it has story hooks, and it has mechanical hooks. This game is wonderfully weird. I don't know how else to describe it. And in this game, you will play as a cult leader and try to grow a flock of as many loyal followers as you can. I plowed through this game really fast, and honestly, I haven't been so engrossed by a game since I first discovered Hollow Knight. This game kept me hooked the entire way through. You will need to find a balance between adventuring out on crusades where you'll fight a huge variety of monsters in procedurally generated maps using a random weapon and random spells and staying home to take care of your cult. You also have to manage your flock's faith. You give sermons, perform rituals, decide what to do with your dead, and what to do with dissenting followers, as well as build a base that your followers are happy with, including a place for them to sleep, cook them food that you grew and harvested, collect resources, and clean up their poop and heal them when they're sick. The game's aesthetic is such a weird combination of adorable, customizable creatures and dark and twisted violence that just somehow works. This is one of those games where, just like with Stardew, you'll say, just one more day. Number one was Cult of the Lamb. And there you have it, five indie games to help inspire you on your development journey. I'd love to know what your top indie games are, and if you want to keep the conversation going, hop onto our Discord. The link for that is in the description. And that's all I got. If you love this episode, and if you haven't already left a rating and review, then please consider doing that now, because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much.